I do recognize that only with and through other people can I achieve the dreams that my parents had for me, the dreams that I've adopted for myself, the dreams that I want to achieve for my family and for those I love. So being an introvert and staying locked in, that ain't going to get you anywhere. Being an introvert and learning how to engage with people in an authentic way to you and an authentic way, period, is a ticket for success. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Did you know that you can bring ideas from Mind Valley into your business? If you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhumans, you can discover Mind Valley's business offerings so you can bring personal and professional growth to the entire company. If you are the owner of a company, you know that if you invest in your employees' engagement, happiness, and learning, it'll help the bottom line and impact the business positively. And if you wish your company was bringing these kinds of products from Mind Valley Quests, Mind Valley Mentoring, and all the learnings to be a complete high-performance individual in every area of your life, then you definitely want to go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhumans to see how we can get started with working with you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. This is your host, Jason Campbell, and I'm here with an incredible individual. And before I introduce his formal title, I do need to share you an important story that just speaks to the character of this man. It was about the end of 2018, and I was looking to do a personal trip in Tokyo. And right before that trip happened, I just so happened to get on a phone call with this man, Keith Ferrazzi. And as I was sharing this personal trip that I was doing, which was not business related at all, Keith says, I'm going to introduce you to someone special. He tells me to go and connect with this man, Patrick Newell. And I find myself in Tokyo meeting this man, walking along the majestic Meiji Shrine and having one of the deepest conversations with a man who was a big participant with Singularity University in Tokyo, with TEDx conferences happening in Tokyo. And we just had an amazing talk, an amazing connection. And I was like, wow. How did I get a chance to meet such an incredible person just after an initial business phone call with Keith? Now, fast forwarding a couple months after, we were looking to get into doing a quest around networking and really the power of your connections. And Keith was one of the prime authors we wanted to work with because he wrote the best-selling book, Who's Got Your Back and Never Eat Alone. And he's chairman and founder of Verazi Greenlight, which basically studies behavioral science and its effects on business. This man has worked with Deloitte as one of their youngest CMOs, has grew the company massively, creating one of the biggest growth in its brand recognition. He's been named Global Leader of Tomorrow at the World Economic Forum, and he's one of the top 40 under 40 business leader by Crane's Business. Now, his accolades are amazing. The things that he's accomplished are amazing, yet he took the time to give me a personal reference to meet someone who's also incredible. And then, for the months leading up to the fact that we were building this quest with Keith, myself would be the biggest champion, the biggest advocate to make sure that we did work with this incredible individual from an act that seems so small at the time. But this is really what you're going to learn today is this power of networking. What does it look like? Should you be always only networking with certain types of individuals? Should you be tracking all the transactions in and out? There's a lot of questions I have and Keith Ferrazzi is going to share us some amazing insights. Keith, thank you so much for being here and it's such a pleasure to interview you here. 
Jason, thanks a lot. And I don't actually remember that particular introduction. And I think that's indicative of what's important about this, which is you've got to lead your life leaning in with generosity and service. If there is ever an opportunity in my life to do something that advantages another individual, I do it. Now, in this case, I ended up helping two individuals because the individual I introduced you to got to meet an extraordinary young man like yourself. But it's so important to recognize that the currency that we have in this world is developed through our own generosity and leading with that generosity. Hmm. I love that you use the term generosity. So I want to dive right into that. It's not traditionally the word that I would use when I think about going to a networking event or trying to connect with people. How are we doing it wrong? And why is it that this idea of generosity was forgotten in the process? So it was very interesting. When my first book was written, Never Eat Alone, the derivation of that book was an article that was written about me and my success. So I had had a lot of success at a very young age. I was the, as you mentioned, one of the youngest officers in the Fortune 500. Even in my early 30s, I was an officer of one of the largest companies in the world. And a publishing house came along and asked me a question, what contributed to your success? They wanted to write an article for me in one of the magazines. I granted the article. And the outcome of the article, the shorthand was, Keith Rosby is hugely successful because of networking. And I screamed when I read it. I was like, no. This was is so wrong. It's not about the word networking, which at the time I had such a personally negative contortion of that word. It was like passing out big business cards, going to a lot of networking events. It felt insincere. It felt smarmy. It felt it just wasn't me. I mean, I lead in this world in trying to create value, in trying to deliver an elevation to the people that I meet and the people around me. And the word networking never seemed appropriate. Now, what was interesting about that was I got my revenge from that article because I ended up going and writing a book on the topic. And oddly enough, nowhere in the cover of the book when it first came out was the word networking because I didn't want to be affiliated with something that was so misunderstood. To me, the word has always been building relationships. In fact, I've come up with a new word in my new book I call it co-elevating relationships, relationships that go higher together, where we are committed to creating great things with and through each other while we're growing, learning, expanding, right? These co-elevating relationships to me is with the earmark of extraordinary success and happiness in life. And they should be the earmark of marriages and other things. So at the time, it was interesting. I really ran away from the word for many years, to be honest with you. And I'm so happy to be re-engaged with Mind Valley to reclaim the word because other people know the word networking. And I want to teach people how to do it right. I want to teach people how to do it in a way that will, in fact, elevate them and the people around them. So, you know, many years after the original writing of that book, I am back to claim the word in its powerful and authentic means. In fact, the quest that we're going to be doing together is around authentic networking deepening those most powerful co-elevating relationships. So thanks to Mind Valley, thanks to you, thanks to Vision and the team. It's worked so hard. You know, we're here to reboot this word around the world and very excited about it. 
Love it. And I want to dive right into what this workplace networking dynamic looks like. So we talked about this generosity. It feels like most people, when they get into the space of networking or connecting with other people, it seems like something that would drain my energy. Like I need to set an amount of energy aside to go and do the activity of networking. And again, you led with the idea of generosity. And I feel like I would have a thought where it's like, wow, if I start just being generous with everyone, I feel like I'll lose everything. How do I break through this barrier? And is it a real concern? First, admitting that I'm an introvert. However, I do recognize that only with and through other people can I achieve the dreams that my parents had for me, the dreams that I've adopted for myself, the dreams that I want to achieve for my family and for those I love. So being an introvert and staying locked in that ain't going to get you anywhere. Being an introvert and learning how to engage with people in an authentic way to you and an authentic way, period, is a ticket for success. First step, I think, to recognize is that when I'm talking about relationships, I'm not talking about the contrived, networked way of engaging that people think they have to to get ahead. I'm talking about real curiosity. I'm talking about the exposure of of what's really going on in your life and the care for what's going on in other people's lives. And so with that as a forefront, that feels much more at ease for people. You don't feel like you're scrambling. You don't feel like you're using. You feel like you're you. Now, the leading with generosity is a learned experience. I talk about something called the generosity pyramid in our quest, which is how do you start by leading with the kind of generosity that just makes people feel comfortable with you? And then how do we follow with the kind of generosity that applies what you know best, whatever your services or knowledge or expertise might happen to be, leads into really understanding the right kind of questions to ask people so that you can ascertain how you can most elegantly help them in ways that don't drain you, all the way to caring enough about an individual and making them feel comfortable in your interactions with them where they share their struggles and fears. And as a result of that kind of intimate conversation, your coaching, your counseling, and other forms of generosity that may be more personal might be the way that you connect. So we really go into detail how to lead with generosity. What I can promise you is it will end up uplifting you. It'll end up making you feel joyful, whole, connected, and it won't drain you. One of the things I'll just add was a lot of people think that interacting with people is like a pie in that if I take a piece out of it, I have one less piece of pie. So it's like, gosh, I got to preserve. I've got to hold on. But I believe in abundance. And I believe the most powerful people in the world believe in abundance. The more you give, the more there is there. It's more like a muscle than it is a finite piece of pie. The more you exercise it, the more it grows. The more I exercise and I'm generous to my network, the more people that I know that I can introduce people like you to. And the more they're willing to accept those introductions, now I'm one of the more powerful individuals relative to my relationships because I've led with that generosity. And I have an abundance to give. And I love how there's a quote, I believe it's Joe Vitale who says, you can't even outgive the universe. And so the more you give, the more you train the muscle. And obviously, as you grow the network, you actually, you mentioned you grow the power and now these connections happen more effortlessly. 
And I do have another memory with you, which is actually back in New York City when we had a lunch or a dinner actually that you had organized. And I remember you actually in a space of generosity, you started with sharing some vulnerable story about yourself. And then we all had a chance to kind of break the ice and get right into some call it quote unquote real conversations that really broke the surface. And, you know, you hear of a lot of times people like, oh, I hate going to networking events because it's just like, you know, how's the weather and, you know, how, what kind of work are you in? And it's very surface level and it doesn't seem very meaningful. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk on our quest about how do you turn small talk into deep talk? And, you know, that dinner changed my life. I showed up in New York with a friend of mine, Eric, who invited me to that dinner. I didn't know Vision. And I don't think Vision was aware of my work. And so our dialogue at that table has ended up being the precipitator. And by the way, our dialogue at the table and my leadership of pulling authentic conversation onto the table ended up transforming my life because now Mind Valley is one of my most favorite and coveted tribes. Some of my dearest friends have come from Mind Valley. The quests that we're launching are giving me the ability to serve globally and broadly. I mean, I truly, that simple act of caring enough about a, a group of strangers at the table to help facilitate their connection to each other. Partially because the last thing I wanted to do was sit at another dinner table to do small talk. I helped facilitate deep talk. And through that, it was game changing. And so I want to give one nugget for the listeners here, which is really this idea. I know one of your 10 rules of networking is about being interesting. And I feel like that can come across as intimidating, like, oh my God, am I interesting? What can I talk about? In your case, it was actually through the facilitation that it became that you were very interesting at the table because you led that kind of authentic conversation to go beyond the simple talk. And so what is something that you can give as an action? If I'm in the workplace, you know, I understand I want to build my network. I understand its importance. I know it supports me both personally and professionally. How do I feel that I can be more interesting without coming across as inauthentic? How do I get the muscle to start actually being there? Well, we talk a lot about it in the quest. We start with the recognition that everything you want to achieve is going to happen through others. And therefore, you need to begin to be more targeted with how you spend your time. So the fact that I was ready in my career to regain a global brand around networking, which I had abandoned years ago for fear that it wasn't a word that I liked, and all of a sudden vision showed up on my radar thanks to our dinner conversation, I'd leaned into that relationship and I've become a good friend of visions and I care deeply about the man personally and professionally. I've spent a lot of time with him and that relationship is on my target list to invest in. Now, does it make the relationship any less sincere? No. Does it make it any less real? No. Because something is purposeful doesn't mean it's fake. Too many people feel the relationships need to be serendipitous only. But targeted action serves both parties when you reach out. So I think that's the first thing I want to get people over, which is the, the act of being strategic about how you spend your time is crucial. The second step is how do you lead with generosity so that people will want to spend more time with you, right? And in a workplace, there are so many different types of relationships you may want to have. I was working with a very large, one of the largest tech companies in the world this morning, and I was talking about 
how these relationships in the workplace can be used for career advancement, but they can also be used for productivity. If you're trying to achieve something in your job, building a team around you, a relationship set, a co-elevating group of individuals committed to this shared mission, but also committed to each other because of your activation of a different form of leadership, a different form of engagement, a different form of relationships. So the first step is to get the targeted identification, and then you move to reaching out to these individuals to what I call co-create. So you think about who you might want to get to know for career advancement inside of a company. Your ability to reach out to that person and say, I so richly admire you and what you've done here. And I have to say that I would only hope someday to be able to achieve a small portion of what you've achieved. I have a question for you, right? So you've led with authentic praise, which is generous. And you've followed with curiosity. And if that curiosity is birthed from having really been thoughtful, then they know that you haven't just walked up to them one day and say, I want you to be my mentor, which is really a request for a gift. The other thing somebody can do is to say to an individual, I so admire what you've done. If there's any chance to work with you, I would love to do that. Somebody who has read my books, obviously, just reached out to me this morning and said, Keith, I haven't heard or seen you in a number of years. And I was just wondering, what are your top priorities in the next quarter and how can I be of service? Coincidentally, I've got a book launch coming up. This individual happens to have a large social media following. And so all of a sudden, I wanted a phone call with this gentleman. Had he reached out otherwise and said, hey, Keith, I haven't talked to you in a couple of years. What's going on? Let's jump on a call. Depending upon the relationship I've had in the past, I might have said to my assistant, can you schedule something when you can? And it might have been weeks or months. But here I now am proactively wanting to get back to this individual because he led with generosity. When you show up, the willingness to be authentic and to be open and to be caring, all cultures have a different window. I call it a Johari window, which was an MIT study, which is how open are individuals to each other upon social contact. And some cultures are very open and others are not. You follow the norms of the culture, but at the end of the day, you push the boundaries of what the assumption of the relationship is. So no matter where you are culturally, you go one step further with a sense of familiarity, with a sense of care, with a sense of intimacy, with a sense of vulnerability, and you share just a little bit more. So I will typically in European and American cultures, I'll talk about the struggles that I have. I have two foster children. And both of those boys I got in our family at 12 and 16, and it's been a challenge. And I can share about that and create a sense of humanity and vulnerability around what it's been like to parent troubled teens and the frustration and fear that I have that I'm not doing a good enough job. And that level of sharing humility opens people. I created a word for it. I call it porosity. You want to help people become porous, open, absorptive to your words, to your outreach. And that kind of generosity and vulnerability yields a great deal of porosity and permission to build that relationship.
Beautifully said, Keith. And this was such a powerful episode. We really want to make sure we covered a lot of ideas here that you can apply in the workplace. And I'd be curious to know in closing, what would be the one thing if I just listened to this on my way to work and I'm showing up to work and I'm going to have a conversation with someone on my team, what's a little thing that I should have in mind? Like you've shared us so much here about generosity, maybe vulnerability. Is there the one thing that you could tell people to walk away with when they show up in the office that they could do a little differently? I'll just give you a simple formula for what I just talked about. Number one, get your goals clear. Number two, identify the most important people to those goals. Number three, work to be generous to those individuals opening up the relationship. And when you do, show up authentically with care, with curiosity, and be willing to share a bit of yourself so that you invite that person to share a bit of them. That is a simple formula for the most progressive way that you can begin to build those co-elevating relationships today in the office. Brilliant. Keith Ferrazzi, thank you so much for jumping in and sharing these amazing insights. For everybody listening, we've talked about networking. It doesn't need to be a taboo word. When you lead with generosity, you come in with authenticity, and you understand that this is such a powerful accelerator to your career and will support you to have a very rich, fulfilling personal life as well. You'll see that this is a beautiful thing that you can keep doing. You don't need to keep score. When you go and lead with generosity, you're really just going with a giving attitude. You can't outgive the universe. And I really love this framework where you got to identify your goals first. And that just eliminates all of the places where you might want to not focus and really be clear on what are the key relationships you want to develop. There's nothing manipulating about that. It's actually one of the greatest things you can do to ensure that the people you connect with, you actually have a goal, you respect their time, and you actually start caring more and giving more into those directions. For those of you who want to go deeper into the topic, be sure to look at the masterclass that we're doing with Keith going more into authentic networking And for anybody who wants to learn so much more about this, do pick up a copy of Never Eat Alone or Who's Got Your Back. Pick up both while you're at it because you're going to learn so many great things about how to connect with other humans, which is really a part of our human experience. It goes beyond productivity and high performance, but those are two amazing side effects that will come when you start applying these amazing ideas from Keith. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. And Keith, once again, thanks for tuning in. Truly my pleasure. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.